0: You're listening to Getting Lit with Linda Mora, the podcast where we welcome you to get lit. Canadian lit, that is. Join Linda as she talks about authors in Canada and sometimes with them, using her expertise to shed some light on recent and not-so-recent writers. And now, get ready for Getting Lit with Linda. Hi, this is Linda Mora, the writer and host of Getting Lit with Linda. I'm happy at last to be back in Montreal, on the traditional territory of the Kanyakahaga and sipping an Espresso à l'Angers. In April of 2017, I was in Ireland hosting a conference through University College Dublin as the Craig Dobbin Chair. There were two writers I had occasion to meet there for the first time, one of these being Shani Mutu, who I happened to interview, as my listeners will know, about her new book published by Book called called Fire*. It's just one of those circumstances that the very same press also published a book by the second writer I met in Ireland for the first time, Shannon Webb Campbell. In fact, they recently shared their book launch together, this past April, which I had the privilege of moderating. When I was first introduced to Webb Campbell, I had this strange experience whereby it felt like all the words got knocked out of my head and I was rendered speechless. She has this piercing gaze which looks at the world and through people, but with real love and appreciation for the beauty of the world around her. If you don't follow her on Instagram, I might invite you to pause this episode for a moment just to go and have a look and start following her there. But you'll want to come back and have a listen to our interview together. You'll hear the warmth and love that emanate from her entire being. Whip Campbell is a member of the Kualapu Mi'kmaq First Nation, a poet, a writer, and a critic. She is the author of Still No Word, which was the recipient of Ego Canada's Out in Print Award in 2015, and I Am a Body of Land, published in 2019, and a finalist for the A.M. Klein Prize for Poetry. She holds an MFA in Creative Writing from the University of British Columbia, and an MA in English Literature from Memorial University of Newfoundland and Labrador. She's currently pursuing her PhD at the University of New Brunswick in the Department of English. We speak in this episode about her recent poetry collection, Lunar Tides, but she's also working on a novel, so you can expect more from her in the near future. Well, this is my interview with Shannon Webb Campbell. Welcome Shannon to the podcast. Uh, Good morning Linda, it's so nice to be back in your lovely home. It's great to be here. Here is of course Montreal, but specifically my dear listeners, Shannon is sitting with me in my apartment. You used to live in Montreal, it's a city I know that you particularly love and we had a conversation a couple of days ago in which you described Montreal as a city for Leos. What did you mean by that? Oh, well, it's
1: it might be a city for lovers, but it's definitely a c- <laughs> city for Leos. I mean, there's expressions of beauty and romance and a bit of grit and tension. I mean, walking here this morning, I went and sat in Laurier Park and just took a minute and thought, what a beautiful place to be and what uh, how lucky I was to have lived here before and yes. really been your neighbor. Yes,
0: <laughs> and literally, I was going to say literally my neighbor, but... For those of you who don't know, Shannon also lived in my place for a while. <laughs> it's true. So I loved that though, a city for Leos because of course I'm a Leo. But I thought it is, it struck me as so accurate somehow when you said that. Anyway, so here we are sitting in my place in Montreal, and we're going to talk today about your new book, Lunar Tides. Let's begin with a general overview. What's Lunar Tides about for listeners who haven't yet picked up your book?
1: Well, Lunar Tides uh, charts the ebbs and flow of the tides through various moon phases. It's a book about grief, love, longing, and of course, loss. Um, the book was rooted in losing my mother, my great Leo.
0: <laughs> yes, indeed.
1: And uh, But there's also um, elements of... romance and, you know, Montreal shows up in there and St. John, New Brunswick and all these places I've sort of found myself since leaving Montreal.
0: The kind of journey, the ebb and flow of your life too, to some extent. Mm -hmm. Although I also felt like there was a cyclical element. In fact, it's structured that way. Could you speak to the structure of the book? Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, so the book is divided by moon phases. So we start on the new moon. And we go all the way through, but we begin with the poem, Time, a Biography, which is a very personal poem, uh, and it situates the reader in the moment of the poet's birth. Yes. And throughout the whole collection, you kind of arrive, not at the poet's death. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, please, no. <laughs> no, but at the you know, the real, I think of the coming to.
0: There is a moment when I feel like it is about a spiritual rebirthing too. Mm. So it tracks this whole journey. It's about eight sections. And in fact, I feel like it tracks this kind of spiritual rebirthing, if you will. Although, of course, I also responded very personally to the parts about loss. You and I both have undergone that kind of experience where we both have lost our mothers in in the recent past. And I, in fact, found myself weeping at mm. some moments as I was reading some of the poems um, in this collection. So I think what I would want to know from you is what do you want your readers, when they pick up this book, what do you want them to get from the collection? I'm telling you what my response was, but yeah. what do you want them to get?
1: I, I think there aren't many places where we talk about grief, um, and certainly losing your mother is like an earth-shattering oh, experience. And I want to connect to other people who've experienced this kind of loss. And so far I have. There's always someone in the room or in the conversation that will then raise their hand quietly and tell me, I lost my mom, mm. or my mom's really sick, and nobody has been able to talk to me about it. Or, and the poems have sort of helped. So I, I hope it offers a cradle.
0: Oh, wow. It did feel like that at moments. Did it offer you... So I'm asking what the book offers to its readers. What did it do for you as you were writing the book? I mean, the book was my means
1: of coping. Mm. Um, I figured if I could keep writing my way through my feelings, but also keep connected to my mother, right? Like, mm-hmm. I find the when I read the first poem now and I think of her... And I, she probably wouldn't love that I wrote about her death.
0: <laughs> like, she may not, although no. it's this beautiful testament. Some of the the poems are so evocative. Hmm. So I think she might appreciate some elements of it. I mean, I think she would. She was a Leo, so
1: <laughs> she, she did enjoy, you know, I think she would be like, so interesting. You chose these moments, but it's not to dwell just in her death, right? You know, I also... Ooh. I do feel like a person walking around being like, I lost my mother. I say it all the time to strangers, and I think the book has been a way to hold on to her a little longer, in a way. it
0: is, isn't it? I was um, thinking about how it's a testament to your mother, too. So a tribute, that's the word that I'm looking Mm -hmm. for. It's also a tribute. So you probably are not supposed to have favorites. It's like picking a favorite child Mm. you love them all the same even though they all perform or do different things but do you have poems that you're closer to
1: ah I mean I think some of them are more playful and some of them I think aren't as strong as others but a favorite you were never a visitor to this world um really stands out because that you know, it was this incredible scene or moment between my mother and father and just sort of shows what they're both like. Mm. And that's probably my favorite or time of biography.
0: If I can have a favorite, (laughs) that's one of my personal favorites.
1: That's like a hit. If if, if a poet could have a hit, (laughs) a really sad
0: one. (laughs) It is. It's the one that made me cry. In fact, Mm -hmm. I may ask you, well, May I ask you to read in a few moments sure, one yeah. of the poems? It doesn't have to be that one, but perhaps so that listeners could get yeah. a glimpse of what they would read or hear if they picked up this collection. And I'm sh- I'm recommending that you do. I wonder if we could also talk a little bit about process. How do you write your poems, or how do you how do you know when a poem is about to be birthed?
1: Oh, when it's about to be birthed. Well, it won't leave me alone. <laughs> I'm walking around and hearing lines. It's kicking you it was like it's yeah, right. Yeah, that's right, it's kicking me. It's saying I want out. Um, I mean some of these poems were out of workshops. Oh really in my PhD program. Yeah. Others let the listeners know where are you doing okay. your PhD program? At University of New Brunswick. Okay. And I was working with Sue Sinclair. Oh wonderful. Which was a beautiful process. Mm. Other poems came when I was working with my editor, Winina Curtin, who, uh, who would give me little assignments like, go find a piece of selenite. What? <laughs> yeah. She would, she would be like, oh, maybe find this crystal or read this about this oracle. And it was such a beautiful process to work with her because I felt like I was being guided in, in multiple ways. But that also spurred on some of the poems
0: that explains to me why I feel like there's a spiritual I I know there is the spiritual dimension to the poems Mm -hmm. as I read and as you may remember I had said that at moments I felt like it was almost as if I were doing yoga I was breathing through the poems so there is this kind of element of spiritual depth or resonance to them if you will
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, it's interesting that you bring up yoga. Of course, I do a lot of yoga, and mm. that's been how I've been coping with grief. But there's also a poem that came out of a Reiki session.
0: Oh, come on.
1: Yeah. Um, and that my my friend Ashley, who was my Reiki healer, it, she said something, and it stuck with me and came into the poem. Oh, wow. So I, I find poetry everywhere and with all kinds of situations, um, but I, the moment before a poem's born, I I think, I mean, this book had a bunch of moments in my life that were, con- I was constantly responding to them, mm. where right now I'm not really writing any poetry at all. What are,
0: you, what are you writing right now?
1: I'm writing a novel. Oh,
0: tell the listeners about your novel.
1: So I'm writing a novel called Only Young, and it is my dissertation. Oh, come on. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um
1: but it's about uh sarah who's the protagonist she's a young queer woman in her 20s and she finds out she's indigenous she doesn't know this growing up and she goes on a road trip with her father charlie charlie and her have had a bit of a complicated relationship but charlie wants to bring sarah home to show her who she is and so there's a bit of a road trip element of course charlie is separated from his ex-wife josephine sarah's mother mm. there's quite a bit of tension there but there's actually three generations in the novel so huh. it also begins with um, mary webb who is based on my great-great-grandmother um who was a healer a medicine woman oh, come on. and uh, a midwife to 700 babies around west wow. coast newfoundland so, Mary is also a major character in the novel. So, it, we'll see where it all goes, but it, it's also very much about becoming.
0: Hmm. So, clearly, there are some personal intersections with your own life. Oh, of course, yeah. You and I were both at a conference this weekend, the Acute Association for Canadian College and University Teachers in English. You gave a paper in which you were talking about your relationship with the writer Lee Maracle mm. and so it strikes me as you talk about this book that that also seems to me to be a kind of element Lee Miracle was a kind of mentor you were also the kind of like the protagonist of this book, trying to find your way. Lee Miracle was, I think, guiding you through that process. Should, Should you I speak to a little bit about that?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, working with Lee was an incredible gift in my life, and I can hear her all the time while I'm writing. That's your story. That's not your story. You can say that. And, um, I mean, I miss her very dearly. Oh, yes, right. And it was really sad to have this book come out and not be able to talk about it with lee oh, I'm so sorry. Tides. yeah but i know she's cheering me on and fighting with me too
0: <laughs> it's always good to have those kind of presences in mm-hmm. our lives could i ask you to read sure a, a poem of your choice
1: all right i'll read time a biography So it starts with a preface by Virginia Woolf. A poet is Atlantic and lion in one. While one drowns us, the other gnaws us. If we survive the teeth, we succumb to the waves. One, beginning. A baby is born in a room to a body. Here's her mother's voice. The baby wants to return to womb waters. What is this room? What is this body? Living is a stretch. Doctors assign sex. Only hours until you hear tides. Nothing prepares you for life. Born three months premature. Are the grandmothers in my body? Doctors don't like to answer these questions. Life becomes a quest of origin. Mother reminds us why light thins. Passing into night, you return somewhere like wind. A room, body, baby. Two, beginning, middle. In the room, in my body, mother tells the story of breath. Falling out of her one afternoon, nearly an entire season too early, the nurses pushed plastic tubes up my nose, put me in a glass box. Was she in the room? Was I once in her body? Birth explodes a new kind of meaning. Nothing prepared my mother to mother. Sex assigned her body. The hospital staff told her to go on home. I needed to keep breathing. Nurses took me away, and she was left to imagine holding her baby. Grandmother was islanded in time, thousands of miles away. A room, a body, waves. Three. End. Grief takes up with body. Mother never peed in front of me. Mm-hmm. Illness yellowed her and took her socks. Palliative care is a 10th floor view with an aluminum garden overlooking the city. Called in the middle of the night to be with her. Kin piled in cars, drove downtown, followed highway lines. A woman who wanted us there when she stopped breathing. A mother whose body never felt at home. Death exhausts in spectacle. Nothing prepared us for our last morning together. Was I in the room? Was she in her body? I sat in the hospital window while her tiny 60-year-old body slept. I couldn't take my eyes off her chest. Watching her labored breath become a final hour. It's okay to go. I imagined a baby cradled in my arms, the way she once held me. Passing my baby to her, I cried oceans over them. This is the closest I get to giving her a grandchild. The room, the body,
0: mother. Wow, it's so incredible. It's so incredible, Shannon. Um, one of the lines that struck, well, there were several lines that strike me, but one of the lines that strike me in this series is, um, the grandmothers in our body. What do you mean by that?
1: Well, if we come from the grandmothers, is my grandmother within me? Mm. You no. Know? And, um.
0: Do you think she is? Yeah.
1: Oh, Yeah. <laughs> As I'm getting older, I actually see that I look a lot more like my grandmother. Oh, interesting. And I didn't notice that when I was younger, and maybe I, it wasn't as visible, but I can notice in photos sometimes that I look like my maternal grandmother. I probably look like my paternal grandmother, too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know her as well. <laughs> but I believe that. I believe that we, we carry our our ancestors, their stories in our bones And so I think sometimes more consciously, but often unconsciously, I I think that your collection somehow expresses or captures that those this kind of legacy in the lines. Mm. So not just in your body, but I think in the collection proper, too.
1: Mm, That's beautiful. It makes me think of I remember Lee once saying to me, you're born with your mother and your father's voice inside you.
0: And I think, you know, my mother and father's voice are very much in the poems. It's beautiful. Shannon, thank you so much. Is there anything that you would have liked to have added or asked or talked about? Um,
1: so one of the interesting things with this collection is I worked with Duo Concertante. They're a classical music Uh, duo based in Newfoundland and they took several of my poems and put them into a classical music suite by Melissa Hoy who's a composer based here in Montreal and one of the poems Ecology of Being um, became the name of their project so the duo Concertante just released an album Ecology of Being around
0: your your poem
1: around my poem and several poems from this collection and they'll be touring across Canada, performing them live. But there was also a film made too. What? Yeah. Tell me about the film. So the film. Well, then they couldn't tour uh, Ecology of Being initially. They decided to make it, um, They recorded the songs, and then they made a video.
0: Is the video available and? Oh, yeah, on, it's on, on YouTube. YouTube. Yeah. So all right. So what we'll do is we'll add for my listeners a link in my show notes to the video so they can watch that and also a link to duo concertante we will put a link to their album as well yeah great that's perfect okay Okay. I mean I
1: think it's interesting we're doing this interview after a major full moon
0: (laughs) oh great yeah actually you're quite right about that there was a I was looking out the window last night and there was just like a little slip left, wasn't it last night? It was a a lunar eclipse. It was a lunar eclipse. I was looking out the window and I thought, the moon looks so strange this evening. Mm. That was why. Mm -hmm. Oh, amazing. Well, this is an appropriate, (laughs) it is an appropriate day and appropriate time to be talking about lunar tides. Thank you, Shannon, for joining me today on Getting Lit with Linda.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Linda. It's my pleasure.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And that was my interview with Shannon Webb Campbell. If you enjoyed today's episode, please don't forget to subscribe on whatever platform you use to listen to these episodes. That was Getting Lit with Linda, hosted by Linda Mora. If you have a topic you would like to hear covered, write to us at with Linda at gmail.com. Until next time, we hope you continue to get lit.